back to Winston Smith's Diary, Episode 7. Here in lovely Puerto Vallarta, Mexico, I have with me a very special, very cool, very uh, accomplished guest. A cosmo- and also Anthony Samaroff. <laughs> and <laughs> a, a cosmopolitan world traveler and a, 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 con- a consumer. He's a culture vulture of the highest order, Mr. Anthony Samaroff from the Scottish Liberty Podcast and I'm sure many other venues and, and uh, uh, appearances you can think of. So welcome to my humble show and thank you for, for being here. Thanks. Right. Are you Winston Smith then? Uh, I, I'm Winston Smith the third. According to that's how I play my, my podcast intro, I, I describe myself. So the protagonist in the book is actually my grandfather is how I kind of I oh, play I that. Yeah. But I'm carrying on. This was Winston Smith's show. It is. But you're. Well, that's actually just. Conspicuously, your name's Patrick. Mm-hmm. Hey, hey, that's secret information. You oh. can't just throw that out there willy well, nilly. Just beep it. <laughs> yeah, I'll edit it out. Beep. To remain, to remain completely anonymous. But yeah, the the Winston. I feel like I've somehow been deceived by you. You probably have, and I I, I apologize for that. Um, I was. It wasn't I came here under the pretenses that I was going to be speaking to some guy called Winston. Uh, it's my nom de plume, if you will, if that applies to podcasting, you know, if, if that's if that'll work for you. I only know a plume as like <laughs> a colorful, a, a piece of colorful tails hanging off of a bird that tail birds have. Hmm. Do you have one of those? No. So you just again. That's that's twice. That's a bad how about record. my nom de cast? Can I coin that phrase? What does that mean? Instead of a pen name, as in a, a writer, a, nom, a name of a podcaster. You know, oh, I'm okay. trying to trying to coin that phrase there, but maybe in some years. So so right, the when they bring out the new dictionary, you'll be credited with creating that term. I could have done it right now. I could have just made podcasting history. You never know. Amazing. Yeah, that's that's amazing. That's amazing. quite amazing. Uh, amazing. But Win- yeah, Winston Smith's diary is the generally the concept. You know, cause the book opens. He's 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 out of view of the telescreen. He's sitting there writing down See, with Big Brother, down with opens, Brother. Do you mean his diary or do no. you mean 1984? The novel by George Orwell. The opening of the the novel. The sequence of events is he 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 gets in his little corner away from the telescreen. He opens his diary and commits a revolutionary act of saying down with big brother so that's just the are concept are you sure that my side's recording i it's am really quiet are you feeling uh 
inadequate that your sine waves I are not as large? Because my penis is small. Oh well, I don't know if we can resolve that issue in the course of this podcast. See but if you are able to do it in future podcasts. I'll resolve the size of your your yeah. issues about the size of your penis. Uh, this will be my favorite show. Okay, then <laughs> I will. I've been to a lot of specials. See, and no, no one's been able to fix it so far. I will see when I can uh, toss that in in conversation. Um, when we can, and I'm happy to do it. Um, every time unless somebody gets really offended so i'll i'll see if i can add that no, as a could fix it oh fix it oh you mean learn not just talk about it as in, but you see you're just asking me if i can actually resolve my problem um i don't know if i can promise that i can i can try but i don't know if i can really rectify that that's uh several disappointments and we're only a few minutes in <laughs> Well, then we're off. Very good to the show. We're off to a good start. Yeah, yeah. So it's my fault. So let's talk about different ways um, that we can. Well, saying fuck the technocracy, which obviously you know, then you can that that dovetails into libertarianism, anarch anarcho-capitalism, all these things that I'm a somewhat of a new, fairly new member of, if you want to call it that, or just being exposed to different personalities, podcasters, thinkers, uh, authors, all this stuff. I'm in the last couple of years I've, I'm, I have kind of a novice uh, getting immersed in, in this kind of in this when kind of thing. When did you go from being a beta male? <laughs> <laughs> I would say I would say when I figured out what the Federal Reserve is, how it actually works, what it actually does, that blew my f- like I was like holy shit, that's how it all works. Then I went pretty hard like I like I've told m- many people might know I'm a reformed uh, Bernie supporter but I would say the the really it's lightning real. bolt moment was like oh that's what the Fed is that's how it was created that's what it's meant to do and that's what it does and then I'm like oh now I now I see how it works you know that's kind of what sucked Why me in you know and <sighs> Bernie supporters care about central banking at all and the fact that it's clearly a transfer of wealth from the poor to the wealthy and yet they say they care about those because things. I, w- I will admit my ignorance was to that level when I just heard the term I never investigated the Federal Reserve I just thought with that with in my comfort my very stark ignorance oh it's a federal institution and it holds reserves when it does neither and I didn't I just never and that that I don't know about you or what other people will say about how that that truth is occluded and, and hidden through general education or general discussion in the media with but uh it seems to me you have to dig around or you have to know someone who will say you know what this you, you need to check this but out why, i mean but there's lots of left-wing intellectuals who do talk about corporate and or at least there used to be a lot of them say under bush a lot of lefties who talked about the little guy getting screwed by corporations why so there's every reason for people who follow anyone like that to know about the Federal Reserve as well. Why don't any of these people talk about the Federal Reserve? And why don't they care about the fact that they print money out of n- nothing thin air and then lend it to you at interest? Probably a couple things come to mind. Number one is if they did, they get their wrists slapped or worse in, in terms of their career, in terms of their access to talking to who they think are their peers and who they want to get validation from that's probably it's probably just a self-preservation thing but then why if i were to if i were to think why someone who is educated in in uh 
media politics history or, or this and that and has full knowledge of how it works and what it does and why they would still not have an overt objection to it um then they must be they just must not care they just figure well i can i'm comfortable enough and i can uh i can my gig is going well enough to just not go against the the grain or something to that effect right i find it you might be right but i find the answer somewhat unsatisfactory because a lot of these people have no problem going in inverted commas against the grain as long as it's something that falls in the tent of which leftists speak about like I mean, even when I was a lefty, I heard about the Federal Reserve and I was like, well, that's obviously abusive. And I still was against the Federal Reserve, like, as soon as I heard it. See, it was a no-brainer several years before I became a libertarian. To me, it seems like a no-brainer because, well, when, when leftists think, you know, when I guess when you, if you apply it to the idea of, like, the minimum wage forever, that is a reactionary attempt at some solution when basically, uh, if I can art try and articulate this well, your average lefty would say, well, if you ask them why do we need a minimum wage, they would say, well, because these huge corporations are making gobs and gobs and millions of dollars, and my labor contributes what I think is a, this X amount to it, and why should I be having to work three jobs and still have be living at a at a poverty level and these fat cats are just sucking up all the all the profit is just you know sucked up completely so that they so they've they've found a way to you know i mean the whole that whole that's the narrative and, and you know and i can understand and i had that anger but now i i look at it a totally different way but um but if you look at how current fiat currency it's totally fake it's made out of thin air they put they add computers or i'm sorry they add numbers into a computer which creates money that is then lent to the US government which is then owed back with interest then it's put into fractional reserve banking so anyway you're just you're you're just destroying the value of the currency and of money and you're destroying the value of labor of capital of all, of all these things at once by that you know and in addition to that you're basically by giving people access to cheap money to borrow you're basically encouraging everyone who's ever taken debt out of credit cards to, or a mortgage that shouldn't be affordable to them to get into more debt. And anyone who's been saving, you're basically discouraging them from saving because mm -hmm. their their um, savings are worth less. Like holding on to money puts you at a disadvantage. Example, my student loans, however modest they are compared to people who study in America, the the interest charged on them is less than the rate of inflation so i don't want to pay those loans back i pay the minimum amount i possibly can because the the sum of money is worth less every year than it was worth the, the year before um so there's that as well plus the thing is you cre create this hypercharged stock market because everyone's savings are in the stock market whereas on an actual free market you would be able to just take your money and put it in the bank and you'd be getting an interest rate that was uh, significantly above inflation and you'd just be able to do that. You wouldn't have to have your 401k or whatever invested in the <coughs> stock market to hedge against the possibility of, you know, your uh, inflation and 
and stuff like that. So, so it actually creates a risky situation for everyone. Speaking of the the stock market, do you have an opinion on? It is. I don't know. I don't know if you would agree with this. It's more or less just a Ponzi scheme for the most part. It seems to me that there's. I don't. Know, I think the stat might be that there's, and this is maybe from a couple years ago, thirty trillion in quote you know in stocks, and then the actual tangible goods of the U.S. Uh, is, is around three trillion. So anyway, there's this make-believe value of stocks that's out there, isn't it? Or do you see it? Um, is it just meant to collapse? Is it going? Or you know, do you see something like that? Or well, I mean, I don't know. It's hard to predict. I don't know what you mean by there's this made-up value of stocks because, I mean, a stock is valued at what people are willing to pay. Right. For. That's really what you so own is the right. Is, you mean is like the a bubble. So, so for instance, if I own, um, maybe I'm a really successful, uh, you know, I'm a very wealthy person. Maybe I own five percent of AT and T or something, some huge company. Okay. That doesn't really give you ownership in. If you want to say, well, I want, if you were to go to their to the board meeting and say, I want, I want um five percent of your, assets. your brick your assets in some form, maybe five percent of brick and mortar or or technology yeah. or you know you don't own that. All you own is the right to sell it to the next guy, right? Sure, so, but that, yeah. I mean, what what you're owning is not you're not when you buy five percent of AT and T, you're not own you're not buying five percent of their assets. You're buying five percent decision making and in that company now you're, you're buying a 5% stake in the company so you should be entitled to 5% of their profits now you might not be a decision maker who gets to decide how what percentage of the money gets reinvested in the business and what percentage gets taken out of profits but whatever gets taken out in profits you should be entitled to 5% of that unless there's a reason why you don't. And the company's not valued at the value of its assets, it's valued at what people think, you know, based on the future of that yeah, company. psychology and the, all that, that, yeah. that. How's it gonna perform in the future? Is it likely to become more successful or less successful? Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Now, it could be a big bubble based on a whole lot of bullshit, low interest rates, uh, and um, all sorts of, garbage there could be false signals but there's I guess there's nothing wrong with the idea of buying a share in a company per se I, th I think the reason why that started is because people didn't have the means to make major investments so they'd get together to form a corporation by all throwing in a little bit of money a little bit towards it in the pot I, I don't know what people mean when they're like fake evaluations and things like that I think they can be because uh, of an evaluation is by definition somewhat arbitrary it's, a, it's based on our best on the best guesses of the people who are buying and selling that asset so it can be it could be a stupid evaluation it could be based on bad information it could be based on distorted information from money printing and things like that but I kind of like I don't know what I don't really know what that means when people say it's I mean, it, they might have good grounds for saying that. That I don't know. I just don't really know. Right. I'm I'm far from Very any kind of an expert. Right. I'm just kind of quoting things I've heard before. But it seems, you know, generally and the the dollar amount that is circulating in the in the stock market is n nowhere near reflective of assets or 
firm projections of assets to be expected or whatever you want to whatever you want to call right. it. Right. Um, well, I mean, I don't know because, like, say, I, I mean, if they created like a cloning machine, so if someone created some kind of cloning machine and everyone became really rich, well, then maybe find that the evaluations of all the um, the companies in the stock market is actually too low because now that everyone's rich, they're going out and buying a whole bunch of shit and then all of a sudden all those companies you go wow i really got at&t for a song if i got it like five years after the cloning machine came out it would be worth 10 times as much the 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 whole point is we can't predict the future so so actually a lot of what people are remunerated for in the stock market is guessing the future better than anyone else that's what that's what people are being paid for. So, do, do I understand correctly? Did you just admit that? So you're saying you cannot predict the future? Is that correct? Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, I u- <laughs> used to, but uh, I for uh, I forgot how. So really, I really okay. should have been able to see this coming, and then leave a note. F- I should have accurately enough predicted, forgetting how to do it, so I could leave some information myself on how to remember to do it okay but yeah and then then i definitely would be a gazillionaire right then i'd be able to tell you whether the stock market evaluations are bullshit or not because i would be able to see in the future how the cards landed how the chips landed mm-hmm. so to speak can you predict the future not a hundred percent or not not even more than 50 percent um can pr- predict the future a little bit right like they can go that guy's gonna die, mm-hmm. and so is that guy. I think that sun that I see in the sky will come up again tomorrow. I, I yeah. will I'll predict that right That's now. A good prediction. Yeah. I'm probably gonna go, want to go to sleep after this conversation. Oh, at some point after? You mean yeah. directly after it? Maybe. I'm there you tired. Mean, are you feeling a sedative effect of this yeah. podcast? Is that what you're getting at? I feel like okay. speaking about um, <laughs> the stock market is quite taxing on my brain. Okay. All right. Well, so the next topic. Well, let me p- reach back a little bit. So, if you could, if you were to, let's see, address a a lefty or someone who's really caught up in all the socialist slash communist, um, they're Bullshit. they're mad about they're mad about the um, corporations and um, well, you know, income inequality and all these things, and they latch on to these socialist communist. Uh, policies and crap could what would you i don't know what would be the most constructive info or advice you would offer them kill yourself <laughs> um you are a net negative in the world <laughs> they're not worth saving they're not well they're not worth uh well i mean it's a good point because like this do- dovetails with the like fake stock market thing like, yeah sometimes I'd, I'd 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 put some video on youtube or someone would about money the history of money and there's always some fucking asshole in the comments that goes money's just an illusion we make it up in all our heads blah 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 it's like well done you're so clever i mean fucking economists took hundreds of years to understand what money is writing books to each other trying to figure out what gave something value like um why people use a medium of exchange what makes a medium of exchange a good medium of exchange and you come along and and in three seconds outsmart all of them by saying money is just an illusion i mean wow you're it's so a, it's just a social fucking, construct bro you're so right. profound you're yeah, such a right. profound person right. <laughs> you really understand and like i've had people like her 
reasonably intelligent argue that like gold is pointless and you can't mm. do anything with it so its evaluation is just like dumb people dumb people buying it for no reason they can't understand that the fact that it's divisible or is scarce or the fact that it doesn't react with oxygen or can survive underwater without being t like none of these things factor into the fact that gold's valuable in this person's head it's just just a bunch of idiots buying shit for no particular reason. Well, well, I would hope they aren't arguing that there's no value in a medium of exchange unless you want to just do a barter system, which really isn't that scalable, you know, so no, I don't but know. They, <laughs> they seem to think that if we abolish money, everyone will have the lifestyle of a millionaire. That's really dumb. It is really dumb, <laughs> and there's a lot of it around. So, so when you talk about this standard lefty, what advice would I give him? Do you mean like sort of a Bernie Sanders supporter or like... A yeah, or like I said, Cuba, if you like, could... Like, like uh, Cuba, like we should have a communist country because Cuba's great. And the only reason why Cuba's poor is because of American imperialism. Or people that, okay, so for instance, I don't know if I'll be called leftish or lefty or whatever, but I, uh, and, and if someone doesn't like uh, my perspective on this one topic, that's fine. But so for instance, whatever system produces Jeff Bezos having 180 billion, where the fuck he is, and monopolizing, and uh, I don't think that's a good system. I don't think it's... Um, when when money gets so concentrated as to that level, I mean, tens and hundreds of billions, when you are so far beyond meeting your material needs and the material needs of your next 10 generations, you have all the material things, what do you have left to pursue but power, control, and taking away others' liberty? You know, that's when, to me, that's when, when that vast amount becomes a problem. When you're taking away, you're then, as I see it, you're taking away the liberty of others by having... Because, like I said, what else do you have to do? What are you going to get second. up in the morning to do other oh, wait, than okay. take power and control? Okay, there's there's a lot of, there's a lot to unpack there, because what? Who? Okay, you admit. First of all, I don't think Jeff Bezos got all of his money fairly. However, you oh, of course, that yeah. Compared to commas, there's a lot of preferential treatment of Amazon. There's there's been lots of state funds for Amazon, and uh, they got. They get preferential rates at the post governmental uh, yeah, palm greasing okay. and sweet but deals and etc. Someone does accumulate a hundred billion on a free market. You admit that their material needs are already satisfied. <coughs> so whose needs are the other a hundred billion satisfying? Uh, I guess it depends if it's sitting around in um, stocks or I guess, yeah, I guess you'd have to analyze his uh, port because someone's value on paper is made up of what a lot of some of it's stocks, some of it is tangible assets and some of it is you know I guess it, de I, it maybe it depends but what what's your with that question well, what are you yeah, aiming yeah. for so I'm aiming at because <coughs> people seem to think that this money's just under a mattress or something like that but it's not I mean he's invested it in stocks He's in, which means that companies are buying machines and factories and producing stuff. So, let's say someone creates a um, chemical power plant, and sorry, a chemical plant, and this costs, it can cost 500 million to create one, um, and it reduces the cost of plastic or some plastic by 0.1%. They've just made billions of people richer. 
because everything that's going to use this plastic is going to be cheaper in the final equation. All of the money that billionaires don't, that all of all of the money that billionaires don't spend on themselves or are invested in something is usually is going to be invested in. Well, I mean, there's a lot of other stuff we could talk about the real estate market and how that's fucked, but it's fucked by the state. And yeah, I guess people can um, own an apartment, uh, apart, lots and lots of apartment blocks. And they will be gaining more money as a landlord than they probably would be on a free market where anyone could throw something up and the price of accommodation would be cheap. But, uh, okay, let's go back to just presuming for the case of argument, for the sense of argument, for the purposes of the argument, that we're talking about on a free market, someone with a hundred billion can only keep a hundred billion by investing in lines of production that the consumer wants. Mm -hmm. If they invest, I don't know, 10 billion in AT&T and AT&T does not continue to become competitive and provide a good service at a good price, they can lose all 10 billion if AT&T goes under. So those people are incentivized to make sure that they put that money to work where people want them to, not where they want to. If I just invest in whatever I want, you know, I might win, I might lose. The, the, the best option for me is to try and guess what people want to buy, what people are going to want to buy in the future. And that's a better iPhone, a better laptop, which means that people tend to invest in things that progress civilization. The technology becomes better. So that's my first thing. I wish that everyone could understand. Now, we can go and say, well, we don't live in the kind of market where people, the people making the most profit are the people who are investing in the lines of investment that people actually want they're actually investing in um, those corporations that have the tightest relationship with the government and that may be true uh, no one's really done a big scale study to find out <laughs> but um, it's at least partially true but again you know we come back to the libertarian principle there which is the problem is the coercion because the thing is the left-wing idea is that the government is a referee on the market and is going to regulate the corporations to make them more fair. But actually, well, in a fantasy world, that's what yeah, you think it is. But that's it's, what you it's think not, it is, yeah. right? Even if that were possible, even if it was favorable, it's not what exists now. Because having the government able to intervene in the market itself creates huge distortions oh absolutely because and huge corruption and yeah because just to illustrate it very quickly supposing i have a hundred million to invest i should be so lucky um if it's a free market the only thing i can do is try and invest that either in research or, uh, or production of goods which i think are going to sell so I need to provide a good service or I can invest it in advertising the goods I'm already selling so that more people know about it. Either way, I'm only going to make money if I serve the customer. Whereas the moment that I think, well, you know, if I invest in new lines of production, I might get 110 million back for my 100 million. But if I go and lobby the government, I'll get 111 billion. I'll get 120 b million. I'll get 150 million. I'll get 200 million. Yeah. The more, 
the 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 job of corporations changes from changing from serving customers to finding out how I can best bribe the government to give me a return on that investment. Right. Whether that's to lobby or whether that's to ask for contracts or get them to pass a law that says my company is the only company that's mm-hmm. allowed to operate in this space. There's a million and one tricks. So, so just having, so you need the same way that we had the separation of the church and the state. We need a separation of economy and state where we say the state okay. does not intervene in the economy. And then the only way to invest money in the stock market is to serve customers. Okay, there's two things I'm kind of hard, I want to go back to that I said, maybe it's same a little, little differently. Uh, so I guess the one question I have is, what are your thoughts on what I said about when someone amasses, you know, and if someone amasses a, a bajillion, whatever, $100 billion, and if you have all this material stuff and you're into that, I don't care. That doesn't make me bitter. Like, enjoy yourself. Enjoy your 20 mansions and your boat and your your harem of hot chicks. You know, enjoy yourself. That's great. But I when it, so well. but when, <laughs> but when, I guess the problem again, and I don't know if there is a solution at all, but like I said, you know, if I look at people like Bezos or Gates, they, they, when you have no more material, no, there's no incentive just to be richer. I mean, what are you going to, you, it seems like, what, what else is there to occupy your energy? I want power and I want control. So what, what do you, do you generally agree with that concept or not? And, um, or do you, or do you see, and do you see a way where a free market might curb that in any, in any way? Well, I mean, I think the point of a free market is it's meant to make the interests of men harmonious. So how do you, how do you seek power on a free market? The only way to seek power in a free market is to create more successful businesses. And on a free market, the successful businesses are the one that best serve the customers or serve the most customers or some variation on that th- on those themes. When you've got a state and organizations that are regulating bodies like the World Health Organization or the IMF, the World Bank and whatnot, then, yeah, you create the tendency... You create another form of power from economic power, which is um, the power of force. So that's what I see as the problem. Like, I can't really see into Bill Gates' head and what gets him up in the morning. He seems to be really interested in inventing these fucking toilets for for third world countries that um, don't need uh, piping to flush. And that seemed like a pretty good thing to be interested in. Um, it seemed pretty benign, but then, you know, I don't know, like, some people, like, maybe, I don't know if he's, mil- like, I, I saw the um, documentary on him and Netflix, it's a three-part documentary, and there's lots of interviews of him, and he seemed to really believe in the stuff that he's saying, so I was like, well, does he really believe that vaccines are helpful? I mean, he's got all these books on vaccines on his shelf, so maybe he just believes... Uh, and then other people say well there's no way of that because look we know that he did this and that and like uh, I mean I guess I don't know you can go well he said that it would be better if the world population is lower but lots of people believe that so I I wish that I knew what's going on in his head and what people like that think when they get up in the morning and he seemed to be motivated by having the biggest impact and I don't know if he justifies this 
himself. Well, I mean, like, if you go back, so you go back to the '90s. I mean, he was such a such an overt uh, monopolist there right. with his operating system and the browsers and all that that they yeah. they actually had to take him to, to task somewhat for that. Wait, um, wasn't that? I don't, wait a second. I don't think that was necessarily fair. Like basically. Um, Microsoft bundled Netscape with Windows and they were told, oh, you can't do that. You can't give away a free browser. Um, that, that, well, I don't think, that, that, I don't think okay. that was the crux of it. They actually built in parts of Windows and parts of Internet Explorer where it made Netscape unable to function. Even, like They gave themselves a clear advantage and a clear kneecap attempt to, to the other browser that it wouldn't work as well or it wouldn't it would help them monopolize more use and traffic it was a pretty overt way they did it where they made where they intentionally you know through since they controlled the OS they could ensure that this function works better or works at all in Internet Explorer and that it simply doesn't work in the other browser that's I think that's kind of what it got down to well I mean I would say one thing Microsoft definitely are only only dominated, and same goes for Apple, because they had intellectual property, and intellectual property is a state-created um, institution. Like, intellectual property is not compatible with property, because if you can tell me that I can't, I can't create something because you invented it, Right. I guess that's, it's more well the the, de so, the details yeah. of it. One thing, but I guess my point is, okay, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. it's one demonstration of his. Not you know oh, desire yeah. to monopolize and control. I mean it's just well, just one. It just, you know there's that. certainly and but and then now he's he's the biggest uh, landowner or uh, farm land owner in America. Why the fuck does he want to oh, control no, and monop and monopolize the growth of food? I really don't uh, I don't really see any that's benevolent really intention there. Yeah. No, that's really that is really. So there's really more. There's a gr there's a big but pattern why, with him. But yeah, why does he want to control food production? Why? And like Glyph, uh, what was he involved? He's not involved in Monsanto and stuff, is he? Yeah, he is. Well, I mean, I know he generally has investments with them, and part of those, uh, he's definitely in Africa and certainly in India. In India, in particular, he's gone in there in the last few years, and he has there in India. There are these all these rural farmers, and they've had, you know, depending on their region and their climate, they have these farming practices that work for them for hundreds of, or if not longer. He has now gone into India and tried to data mine all these farming methods and resources and things, put it in a database, proprietize it, make it his, and then force farmers to buy this back from him. That's something that he's been doing. You can you can look this up. That's something he's been doing in India wow, in the amazing. last few years. So yeah, amazing. That is, it's <laughs> amazing. amazing. So the guy is a fucking. I cannot see any benevolent intention in any, you know, and maybe a, you know, I but, need to, to be more open-minded. But, but watch that Netflix documentary and tell me what you think, because it's a lot based on... Is that just a PR-generated uh, thing? I'm not really interested in watching... Well, yeah, you should watch it, because it's mostly interviews with him, so you can join your... You could basically draw your own conclusion on him based on the... I think, if I recall, is it like Bill's brain or something like that? I At least watch the first episode of the three. It was the most interesting. Uh, I did enjoy the other two, but I didn't think they were as good. Uh, the, the, the first one was the most interesting. I don't know if it's a PR thing. I mean, they're not, they're not like going. But I mean, I felt like I found it hard to. 
when I this is a few years it's before this corona bullshit had been going on for so long that I saw it I hard I found it hard to believe that he didn't mean the things that he said after watching the and that's not necessarily that means I agree with everything that he says I mean he says some stuff pretty flagrantly that I don't agree with but I found it hard to believe after seeing it that he wasn't just like a weird geek who yeah was obviously a technocrat but um so he doesn't scream psychopath vibe to you he, you don't you don't really think yeah, that i mean I'm, I'm i'm willing to believe i'm willing to believe that he uh, that he i'm also willing to believe that he is a psychopath if that's what people if, if that's where the evidence leads like but well, I mean, I can't say like it's a slam dunk, but it certainly walks like, like a duck and talks like a he duck. He just you seemed know? like a, he just seemed like exactly like I've got a big brain, and I'm going to try and solve the biggest problems I can get that people can put in front of me, and um, fuck him and his megalomaniac complex, and fuck everyone asking him questions as if I should give a fuck what he thinks about anything about you know. I mean, I'm just. I'm really fucking tired of looking at him on the corporate news and and listening to that shit. You know. I don't watch the corporate news. So well, um, I even even it. when someone puts a a little uh, excise clip on Twitter or something, and I have to endure 15 seconds of his utter bullshit. That's that's more than enough that I need why? to be exposed to. You know. What are these like? Why? Like it's just a weird curiosity. Like why? Why, why, why do, why does he want to do this? I don't know. And I, also, why does he do it so, see if he does want to do this, why does he do it so openly? Well, like, cause you, you mentioned that theory the you, other day, I don't know if there's... You try and hide it. Right, yeah. What's the theory? Well, you said there's a mutual acquaintance of ours that uh, put forth the theory that if there is some kind of uh, satanic cabal death cult that is that wants to uh, mass reduce the population, and they if they if they're really set on that and that is their religious belief, then if you extend that, then they don't care if they get caught and they're hung on the gallows oh, yeah. because then they'll be part of the death ritual or something like that. I mean, it's an interesting concept. I don't know. It's it's like it's hard to get darker than that, but. Yeah. Who who the fuck knows? I don't know if that. But well, anything <laughs> could be true. But right. It's the, the the um the death cult that wants to sacrifice everyone to Moloch or whatever it is is. Uh, I don't know if that's it's a, it's wacky, little, but it's I mean, a little bit of a bridge too far for me at the moment. Right. Like I'm not gonna but, put but, my eggs in that basket, but, but try uh, me, try if me you're after, trying to explain. Try me after another six to nine months of Corona. Bullshit. It is. It's one I, potential. I, I, however, I might come around to it. However, however unlikely you, I, or whoever listening might think that is. It is a potential answer to the question like, well, why would they do it so openly? If they want to just mass depopulate, why would they just be fairly, um, you know, open about it? I'm not sure. And I guess there's there's the other theory of the re the revelation of the method. Like it it will offset their karma if they give uh, if they give the plebs enough yeah. information that they should therefore figure it out. Our then they're then they're somehow absolving themselves or karma. something like that. Yeah. Or I think it was more just a sense of. Some people believe that they're in this cult and they think that if they tell people what they're about to do, then people are fair game. Right, something people like that. People are fair yeah. game because they already told them. So what's, so 
what's with the question is not what's with these megalomaniacal assholes. The question is what's wrong with fucking ninety five percent of people or more that are just to going take along it. with it. Yeah. yeah. What's wrong with these people? Why do they exist? Why do they see exist? this is why I'm in fa- this is why I'm shilling for Bill Gates on your show because I agree <laughs> with him. These people should be depopulated. That's why I'm being very charitable. You're getting, you're getting that uh you're you're crossing you're crossing that uh precipice um, where you're yes. just you're like I'm you know what if people are this fucking dumb and this fucking spineless then they get what then they you're kind of you know, you're kind of being on the genocide. Really? I want to I want to fucking inject them with the toxic vaccines. So yeah, I don't I'm Line never I'm never going to get there. I Line don't I don't get there. And that, and we, that doesn't mean that doesn't mean I'm trying to Remember when you were a kid and you used to get these dart guns and they were just like foam darts? Mm-hmm. Can we not get those except for with like MR instead of like foam darts? Get mRNA vaccines and poof, 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 well, and then I could, I could, I could then I could take that question and spin it this way. So why why is it that you and I and a certain whatever percentage of people? Whether if you're going to say our wiring or who, who, what is the X factor who people recognize this and say, I'm not going to even, I don't know what that is. You were born, you and I'm born, whatever. If, what if you were born one of these people that are just a fucking spineless sheep? That does then, can I turn around and say, well, you're just kind of dumb and we're probably better off with you not on the earth, you yeah, know? Because so have you done favor. something before you got into this mortal realm where you have uh, earned so your karma. wisdom? Yeah, so something. Karma. Yeah, are you... No, 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 it's the opposite. It's not that I've earned my wisdom. It's that God said, well, if we really want to punish these fucks, what we'll do is we'll make them know the truth and force them to live in a world full of idiots. And then they'll feel marginalized and alone, even though they've got... Ah, okay, you can turn it that way too, yeah. Yeah, I actually did something bad in a past life, so stop fucking taking credit for your brains, you fuck. Mm, Ah, okay, yeah. That could be it, that could be it too, yeah. You might have been one of Bill Gates' cronies when he had previously incarnated in ancient Egypt as the high priest of Baal, (laughs) and you were there with your knife... Yeah. ...making human sacrifices. Yeah, maybe I will. Yeah, maybe that's, that's and that's why you've been incarnated as someone in the know, because you deserve to be alienated. This is my penance now, huh? Indeed. Okay. Wow, I, I'm, I'm trying to grasp that I was an awful piece of shit in a past life. Oh, maybe Not I'll just one, several of them. Oh man, really? Fuck. Well, I'm sorry, to the to the cosmos if that's sorry, true. Sorry, not good enough. Uh, I guess not. You need to work off your karma. Yeah. You're going to be here for millions of years. Hmm. You're going to have to wipe the asses of your enemies. No. W- yes. I think I'll resist that. But then I'll try. Then you're never going to work off your karma. I mean, I guess if they... I'm not saying I'm... I'm uh, I mean, if they torture me, I guess I'll have to see what I can endure. I don't know, but... You're going to have to do it with a smile on your face as a gift to humanity. As a show of magnanim- magnanimity, magnanimity, in order yeah. to work off your bad karmas. Mm. Well, I'm gonna need to even entertain that. I'm gonna need a little more Evidence. tangible proof to to even enter. Yeah. So would I you, suppose it's true you, what you're saying, but I don't think there's enough evidence at this point. Bill Gates' bed and clean his toilet. If you knew that you would 
attain to enlightenment afterwards? If I made his bed and cleaned his toilet, and, and then and then ass. could I then strangle him after I wiped his ass? No, because you'll be enlightened. No. And enlightened oh. people don't strangle others. Oh. Then I'm going to say no. <laughs> you wouldn't do it to become enlightened. Uh, all right. Now, you, so you want me to take that question seriously? If, if I were to become a, do I? I would just have to do it once, or that would have to be my job for a long time. How long are you willing to do it in order to gain enlightenment? Clean his and wipe his One ass. Year. And then I would become enlightened. I mean, I'd be like Buddha. I'd be right there with Buddha. Like I just, I just know. Yeah. I know it all. I know the meaning, and I know the the like good and the bad and the you're, everything. You understand cause and effect, and you're happy. If I had happy, a, if I, happiness. if I had a real, at least, and maybe several lives. If I felt enough confidence that I wasn't being totally deceived, Jipped. that that's the promise. Yeah, right. Um, then maybe I would entertain that, but I don't. How think long would you be willing to do it for? To reach pure nirvana, enlightenment, yeah. like just one of the, just one of the, <laughs> the, the souls of light and then and purity. Um. um Let's say, yeah, maybe 18 months, maybe. Maybe I'll give it that. Because you stretched to two years. Are you going to throw in any other fringe benefits? I don't know. Yeah, you get, you get. Give me a, give me a little something. Throw me a little. house as well. Hmm. And. With high-speed internet? With, <laughs> you you got a high-speed <laughs> internet connection to the source of creation. What oh. Do, what do you need the net for? True, true. All right, maybe we'll see. Okay, well, I I know how we could make you do it, like how you how we could do it. If instead of like you getting enlightened in a bang, every time you did it, you'd actually feel your wisdom increasing closer to the yeah, then it would be to e- the source. Then it would be easy to do because you'd get True, such yeah. a feeling of fulfillment from tending to the needs of your enemies that. It would be. It would make it. It would make it a fulfilling pursuit. That sounds. That sounds like it could. Uh, it might be appealing. Along yeah. The way. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't so think anyone's talked about this on any podcast. Not before. quite. Not quite it's in this. this uh, diary is like one of the groundbreaking, most original conversations for table topics. Yeah, and that's one of the most profound and true things that you've said today. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were like, I thought you were going to say that's one of the most profound questions anyone's ever asked me. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I've had tons of profound questions thrown my way, and I've uh, forgotten I've, them all. Mm, well, forgotten some of them, but I'm just you know, chances are, I gave an amazingly brilliant and concise answer that changed someone's life. You know, it's. But yeah, I don't remember, amazing. so I can't necessarily amaze it. <laughs> if I can go back to one other thing that's slightly related, as, as, before we got on the tangent, I was saying, and it's related to the thing like I was saying, when, when megalomaniacs just want to seek power. And this is kind of a question I've had in general, and it's a pretty, a fairly big one for the, even before I was anywhere near a libertarian uh, mentality, is there in a pure free market or close to a free market, is there a mechanism to put a check on a monopolist just just in the sense of a business not in the sense of a crazy piece of shit just in uh you know well 
monopolies don't tend to happen on the free market. In fact, the, the word monopoly originally meant, in its very meaning, uh, a privilege granted to a corporation by the government. Mm. Um, now, to have a bit of a hit, usually when people talk about any monopolies that were started, they talk about things like the East India oil or whatever. Yeah, Standard yeah. Oil, first of all, was not a monopoly. There were it had competitors, and during the time where it had a close to a monopoly, it was actually reducing the price of oil. Well, do you, when you say monopoly, do you mean that doesn't mean like a hundred percent market share? Yeah, Didn't they have eighty yeah, plus percent did, or they, something? It, yeah, it had a large percent, but not for very long. And even during that time, it's pr the percentage of the market which it was cornering was falling. It wasn't increasing, so. And, and, and they tend to go, well, if, if there's a monopoly, um, then they'll screw their consumers by charging over them the market rate. But actually, during that time, the price of oil fell. It didn't increase, so they weren't charging monopoly prices, at least. But even so, that was accomplished with help from the government, mm -hmm. um, intellectual property and whatnot. Then people say the East India Company, which was obviously backed by the British army and so far no one's been able to um, come up with an example of a monopoly that forms in a free market and that's because one thing is it's very hard to define what a monopoly good is I mean if you have all the rails which no one ever did have is that really a monopoly when someone can transport people by bus for example or now by car so it's hard to define and it's hard to keep because Usually it starts with on the local level, small companies will come in and chip away at you. But the thing is the small companies are more agile and they can make decisions on the local level that reflect local conditions. So lots of little companies will come and chip away at you here and there and everywhere. Usually when someone gets a monopoly, it's like some equivalent of this. There's a bunch of hairdressers and they don't like the fact that anyone can open a hair salon. It's giving them a bad name that um, amateurs are coming in. So they go to the government and they ask for licenses mm -hmm. uh, to be necessary in order to braid hair. And those exist all over America. You need a license just to braid someone's hair. <laughs> There's millions of them. There's millions of them and they stop yeah. people from getting jobs. So just imagine that scaled up to a larger scale. When we've seen monopolies, it's because some big company goes to the government and says, um, we need these licenses that are costly and um, you need to hire a bunch of lawyers and accountants and actuaries and you need to actually create a government department with regulators to regulate it. Um, there's, there's some, if you go, even if you go onto YouTube and you type in free market monopolies, you'll you get presentations by people like Tom Thomas D. Lorenzo and other uh, economists going into the history of this in much better detail than I can and demonstrating that this has just never been seen and it probably never will be seen. I mean, it's too complicated to monopolize a whole industry. Oh yeah, also here's the thing. Every time you buy up another, supposing there's five companies, Every time you buy up one company, the other, th the, the value of the other four companies goes through the roof. So you need to go to the bank to borrow the money to buy up your competitors. 
and in order to do that you need to increase the price of your goods and services so other companies can come in and undercut you it's not it's not uh, it's not a viable business model so what i'm getting is you know is generally speaking it sounds like to have a close to a monopoly or to pursue it uh, in in some manner of success you like you said you probably need an army you'll probably need a government that is setting intentionally making deals with barriers to entry and regulations and licensing and all this bullshit that will essentially just kind of help it along if to form something closer to a monopoly it you 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 would in a free market that this kind of this these kind of help so to speak wouldn't be there yeah and and massive amounts of investment which would need to come from borrowing which makes you uncompetitive in the long term but but there's been examples of this i can't remember what the specific one was because we hear all these things well what happens is the big company will undercut all the small companies and then when the small companies go out of business it will raise the price again what actually happens when people try and do that is their competitors buy up the say so say this product costs $20 but I'm going to sell it at $16 what ends up happening is the company's competitors just buy it at $16 like and then they're they're just putting an extra strain on you to produce these uh, under it, it costs you $20 to manufacture let's say it costs you $18 to manufacture it so every time you sell it at 16 rather than 20 you're losing two dollars mm -hmm. and you're not getting the two dollars profit that you would be so as your competitor I just buy it up at 16 and hold it in the warehouse and then when you have to go back to selling it at the cost it costs to produce like 18 bucks I go well I've got a bunch of them that I bought for 16 I'll sell, sell them for 17 dollars and this has actually happened in the real world like companies have tried this strategy to price their products below the rate of their competitors below the rate of manufacturing them and they've just they it's it's never it's ne it never succeeds because hmm. you can't sustain that forever everyone as soon as you as soon as you sell something at lower than the market value <coughs> you're going to create an excess of demand for that product especially if it's below the value of the cost of manufacturing it so that so if you theoretically keep selling it you're just selling yourself into yeah, the ground and you're, you're taking you're ground. ruining your bottom line you're ruining you're ruining your bottom line but you're also eating into all of the money that you're eating into all the assets that you've built up so far from previous profits. <coughs> Amazing. Is that a cough? Uh, you don't have the Omicron, do you? I've already had coronavirus. <laughs> <laughs> well, I feel I feel relatively safe. Um, as exists. you, you know, um, I hope you're okay with... Um, while you were sleeping last night, I, I gave you a PCR test. I hope you're all right with that. So that's why I'm, I feel comfortable t sitting here with you. Uh, okay. So so I hope you're okay with that. I've taken lots of PCR tests, some of them forged. What? That is... Uh, Amazing. It's, I am um, shocked and appalled that you would do such a thing, sir. I only said it in <laughs> passing. There's no, like, there's no need to shine a bright light. Okay, I can edit it out. We don't want to, um, you know, provide yeah, any evidence exactly to the friends of the fuzz, right?
Right. <laughs> right. Who are we friends with? No one likes us. Who who is who do you how do you define us? Just you and I or some of our You and I and all of your listeners. Oh oh they don't like uh yeah, that's generally true. Um or how about since we're currently in lovely Puerto Vallarta, um gotten to meet there seems to be a a pretty good community of uh freedom loving folks. I met a lot of people from Canada who couldn't stand and got the fuck out of there and good for them. Uh seems to be a place that hopefully is growing with some good freedom people here. Uh but one other thing, let me just segue into my other kind of topic I had in mind to bring up is, again, seeing that I'm relatively new to this space, if you want to call it that, the, the liberty think tanks and then personalities and, and this and that. Um, and like I said, like I mentioned, you mentioned this to you before, I don't know if this has been uh, batted around and beaten to death before, but the whole kind of paradoxical need for people who... Right, that are that's, that are saying fuck this tyranny. I'm not going to go along with it. People wake the fuck up. You do not. Uh, the state doesn't own you or your body, and they don't tell you what the fuck to do. And and, and, and these things that are crystal clear to me now. Um, but when you when you get a lot of people that are you know individually minded anarchists. Beta males. Yeah. <laughs> sorry. Oh, sorry. I'm not a beta male. Fuck that shit. Uh, I thought you meant these people who go a lot, who disagree with us and go along with it. No, I mean the, if you want to call it libertarians, voluntarists, and, uh, and caps, or this and that. The paradoxical, uh, or maybe the, the conundrum of, okay, we need to, you're, you know, you're not going to, vibe with everyone and, and love everyone and click with everyone personally and there's going to be conflict how do you, hurt, you how like do you hurt anyone? how do you herd the cats and how do you hopefully benefit benefit other libertarians when no one wants to be part of a group generally you know i guess that's the thing how do we how do we get some synergy voluntarily synergy so to speak i don't know i don't know if this is particularly pronounced in libertarians or whenever you have a group it's just like fucking 10, 20% of people who do all the work. Like, we found this in the Scottish Liberty P- Libertarian Party in Scotland uh, when I was living there. Um, you know, yeah, we got people who come over to meetings. People would be like, oh, I'll do, I'll write a press release. I'll do this. Never came to a meeting again. Um, it's like... Um, there, it was the same few people doing all the work and it's the same few people still doing all the work and maybe if we multiply our membership by 10x there'll be 10 times or even twice as many people to, that actually turn up and do some stuff so my only hope for the liberty movement is that it turns into a school that teaches people practical skills and doesn't just like all the philosophy is good I'm obviously up on my philosophy and I know the history of philosophy economics uh, I throw some psychology in there for good measure and whatnot. I'm interested in everything and there's a lot of people in the movement that are really intelligent and really interested in lots of things and that's great but we need practical people and Anyone who can, like, 
make a bench <laughs> and a woodwork and a shop you know anyone who knows shop or like it doesn't need to be that but it's an example like there's so many people who are just like a brain carrying around a body and they have no practical skills they <laughs> do you know what i mean mm-hmm. and until people realize and the movement realize that wow shit when i learn how to learn to make a table i don't just learn how to make a table i'm learning how to manipulate the world that we live in 3d existence reality and that gives me confidence and self-esteem that i can step out into the world and make things happen Mm. and it doesn't freaking matter whether it's that or salsa or plumbing or um you learn how to do the electrics you learn car maintenance and repair it doesn't really matter what it is but it should be skills that like, what the fuck are all these asshole black life protesters doing out in the street? It's like, it's because they're completely fucking incompetent, so they don't know what else to do but go out in the street and shout. If they actually had an education, if we had an education system that taught people how to manipulate 3D world to make things happen, then they could all fucking go to a black neighborhood and fix all the windows, put in, you know, yeah, wash off the graffitis, find out what people's needs are, like, make, you know, whatever. They could actually do practical things. It would be like an army of joiners going to, like, there, would there be any poverty? Probably not. It's the fact that everyone's freaking useless, and maybe they're use. Maybe it's Bill Gates. Maybe he's funded the schools to be use, use to make people useless. So people need to get out of their heads and they need to get into their bodies and they need to go into the real world and go volunteer in a soup kitchen or do something where they can actually see, oh my God, I've got the power. I actually helped someone there and it made a real difference in their life. And when they see that they've actually got the ability to help others in some way, hopefully you know, that they can actually volunteer somewhere where they can learn how to do something practical, then I think the inclination to just bitch on Facebook and Twitter will become less and the desire to actually do something constructive where you actually see the benefit of your actions in your eye in front of your own eyes becomes more. And the more libertarians can get like that the more of a shining light will be in the world and more people will be interested in ideas. They'll go, oh, what's this libertarian stuff? Oh, you're always here. You're always here helping. I always see you doing stuff. What's this libertarian stuff that you're into? You know, you've got more credibility when people see that you're having an impact in the world. That's why people keep on asking Bill Gates, so what do you think about this? What do you think about global warming? What do you think about this? because he's shown himself to have a massive impact in the world so as far as they're concerned he's got credibility (laughs) well the more of us have credibility the better so get out of the house and go to a salsa class on Wednesday and go go volunteer somewhere where they're going to teach you how to teach you a skill that is useful to other people go volunteer for the Samaritans where people phone up suicidal and they'll teach you how to be a really good friend because mm-hmm. they need to put you on the phone and if they don't train you properly then it's their fault that someone killed themselves when you didn't handle the call correctly so they will train you properly do but something 
Learn how to learn how to be useful. Make yourself useful. Well, as you're tidy up your room. As you're going through this, I'm kind of applying it to my, you know, some older way of thinking and some newer way of thinking that I'm now exposed to. For, for instance, the along somewhat along the lines you're saying is like the entrepreneurial spirit. Like I can, I should be able to f- to find look at the set of skills and experiences I have and apply that to a way where I can be independent be my own boss i can set my you know that freedom of setting my schedule and if i want to drive around mexico for three months I'll, then i'll fucking do that you know yeah. just that it that it is it goes hand in hand with freedom and autonomy obviously that whole thing and i you know coming from my past uh world and being mad at this and that um i can i'm, I'm trying to apply it to myself now and you know and say okay well, let me look at, okay, what can I do? What ca- how can I actually implement that in a tangible way so that I give myself that freedom because that would be fucking awesome. You know, it's so. an inside-out job. <laughs> That's the thing. People are trying to fix the world, but you actually need to get your relationship with yourself. You need to get your relationship with the world right to be a positive influence in the world. So people need to... If they want to be effective, they need to become effective. I mean, that sounds like a truism, but I mean, if we want to be effective, like, it's, it would be a completely different story, a bunch of libertarians coming together to change the world if they're all, if they've all got a bunch of skills. Like, everyone listening, in my view, should aspire to be a Swiss army knife. We've got to be like fucking ninjas any situation you get into like um oh i should be able to be useful here be that kind of person like i've got good communication skills i can facilitate conversations between people because i see like nuances and i can get people talking to each other if for example but the thing is when it came to something like um i never saw myself as very physical so it's like oh you know who's going to put the chairs away after the event and stuff like that it's like I, I never thought myself as very physical, so I'd like stay away from anything like that, which is why I talk about it as something very important now. Whereas now I'd go the other way. Oh, I better like, you know, start grabbing some chairs and putting them away because I'm always trying to think. Like, I don't want to be scared. You know, you don't have to be great at um, shop kind of stuff. At my, I used to think, oh, that's the kind of thing that other kinds of guy. I'm an intellectual. I'm not into that. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, you don't need to be great at it to be useful to someone who is. So when your friend says, I'm going to lay down a new carpet in my apartment, I'm going to lay down the floor and then put a carpet in front of it, can you say, all right, I'll, go, I'll, I'll come over and help? When, you've, when he says, could you just hold this, could you just do this, are you going to be shit scared and paralyzed with fear? And if you are, that's fine, but you just know that 80% of confidence is having done it before. So that's the that's the benefit of going out and getting some experience with these kinds of things. It's not because you have to be an expert in it. It's so that when someone asks you to lend a hand, you don't need to be like a rabbit in the headlights going, shit, or deer in the headlights. Um, and that's how a lot of people feel, even when it comes down to something simple like changing a light bulb or taking the fire alarm down off the ceiling you know, getting a ladder, going up, 
unscrewing the fucking thing, changing the batteries. Like some people feel genuinely intimidated by doing little things like that. Mm. It's quite scary. So I feel like maybe there's been a, if there is an agenda, part of the agenda is to make everyone incompetent. So yeah, yeah, I think that there we should is. Rea- react against that. It's part. I, w- I would argue, generally speaking, that there is a systemic uh, design to outsource and to trust the experts, right? To trust the the people who have the credentials that are approved by whatever it might be, and then that also lends. That also, I think that that lends itself to the to the technocracy would be the the full man the manifestation of like that. Oh, these are the expert class, the scientific class, and they are smarter than us and they deserve to tell us how to live and what to do and we're just going to give them that because they're the experts and they're the the scientific uh brilliant etc etc i think there's somewhat of a connection there yeah and i always thought you know growing up oh there's no point learning how to do that if you're not going to do it as your job and that is a completely i don't know where i got that philosophy but it's completely disempowering so I never would have learned something like auto maintenance and repair or something like that. Because I thought, well, I'm not going to be a fucking mechanic, so why would I learn that? That's a stupid way of looking at the world. So you'll be less helpless in any given situation, right? Exactly. That's kind of what it gets to, right? So yeah, 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 you will be le- You w- you don't need to be a mechanic, but you will definitely, by, by learning how to do that, learn how to do a whole bunch of things. But not only that, if you're stuck in a situation where you don't know how to do something that you need to do, you'll be like, well, I've learned a bunch of stuff in the past that I didn't know so I can learn this too it's that is the most fundamental thing like are you going to think oh there's no point in learning that because that's for other kinds of people or because it's not going to be my job or or are you going to be are you going to have an openness to life like I can learn that like oh oh well I can learn that that changes you as a human being just having that aliveness that alertness like you know we're hanging out in Spain at improving our Spanish a lot of people come here and they don't bother learning anything it's like you're here for weeks like you might as well take the opportunity you have that's that speaks to an openness to life and when people say trust oh well 90% of the experts say this or that in a lot of fields you will never become an expert unless you accept all the dogmas exactly yeah. you're not going to become a fucking astronomer if you don't accept the Big Bang theory, even though you know there might be some competing theories to that or whatnot, so you won't become an epidemiologist unless you accept that germs are the primary cause of disease. Well, I think that germs are the secondary cause of disease. I think what you put in the, your pie holes the primary cause of disease, and if you eat a lot of crap, then the germs come in to to eat the crap that you're eating. So, and I I think that's a fair hypothesis. But you know, I might not get—I uh, might not become a—I might not get my PhD in epidemiology if I don't accept their dogmas. So, this is the thing: trust the experts. Which experts? And then here's another trick: they go, 97% of climate scientists agree. But the problem is, if anyone doesn't agree, they don't call them a climate scientist. They say they're a meteorologist yeah. or a this or, you know, whatever. They just don't. So it's like, it's a very funny thing to say. It's an appeal to authority. Yeah, and it just reinforces helplessness, help little obedient automatons. Just, you know, you you can just go work for your job and everything will be okay. We'll, we'll take care of it. It's, it's all, we're, 
we're here to take care of you and just you know <coughs> don't don't fuss over any of that stuff you'll be fine so i think yeah i think fuck him cunts fuck fuck those goddamn motherfucking cunts <laughs> if i may if i may say so don't hold back winston tell them what you really think you technocrats can eat a big fat dick wow shit a big fat dick infected infected with all kind of uh, STIs, or if that's the new word, you know, you can just, consi- you know, just occupy yourselves with that and let uh, the rest of us make our own decisions, you know. Word. Yeah. That's what we're doing here at WSD these days. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, any any other uh, thoughts you want to add? Anything currently? Um, do you have any? Do you want to venture into? Um, since we're here in the new year of 2022, do you have any intentions you want to um, express or put out there? Or I don't know if you want to venture into predictions or how do you do? You feel any any good energy? Anything um, that you know coming around? Or are you feeling? You can't get too depressed if you're. If you've got a sense of purpose in life and you're just focusing on doing the stuff that you think's valuable and worthwhile. So I advise people to work on that. It's easy to get depressed when you're ingesting a lot of negative information and worrying about the future. But And sometimes it happens to me for a couple of days, but I usually get out of it pretty quickly. I can't predict anything because the world's proven to be so unpredictable. I would really like, like, I'm willing to be wrong if I can have my life back. <laughs> like, okay, if if we were like totally wrong about the whole thing and it's not like a big motivated that if they, everything goes back to normal and everyone goes, ha ha, you crazy conspiracy theorists said this was going to go on forever, but everything's gone back to normal. I'm willing to be that guy. Yeah, me too. Sure. I'll trade that. I don't mind a slice of humble pie. Yeah. Um, But in the meantime, I'm just trying to get my head down, work away, and eat well, take exercise, and write books. Maybe that I'll finish one day. Who knows? So... That's keeping me busy. I got out of tyrannical places. Mexico is relatively free and inexpensive. Uh, I've got to travel the world. I can't predict what's going to happen. Our friend Josh says the supply chain is going to go down. Mm -hmm. So you might want to get like some rice and beans and shit that you can rehydrate very easily. Dried fruit, nuts. These nuts. These nuts, those nuts. The kind of things that last for a long time. And firearms. Ammo. Storable food. To protect them. Mm hmm. Prep that shit up. Me personally, I'm prepping nothing. I'm going down with the ship. Hmm. Prepping nothing, huh? Well, I've, you've, do you feel like you're just going to. Um is that because you see yourself kind of moving around for the... I have a, I have a 
internet mobile lifestyle. Mm-hmm. So where am I going to store my beans and rice? Right, exactly, yeah. Or firearms. Mm-hmm. Well, Don't if you be like me. If you do find a semi-permanent uh, living space, then yeah, grab yourself a couple couple uh, cases of ammo and... Dried mango and papaya. Yeah. Delicious. <laughs> yeah, they have a pretty good shelf life, right? Mm. So, yeah, yeah. Are we going to peace out on this motherfucker? I think so. I think we've reached a nice conclusion here. So, thanks again to Anthony. Everyone check out Scottish Liberty Podcast. Or be anyone else be you yourself wanna? and love it podcasts. Yourself and love it podcast. That's, That's the self help podcast. Okay. There's almost a hundred episodes that will teach you how to be a superman. I will have to add that to my. Uh, You've never heard "Be Yourself and Love It" podcast. What T A F? No. Uh, well, I have a lot of a lot of work to do. I need to improve myself, so mm. that'll be one piece. You really do. I take that. You're obnoxiously deficient in virtues. <laughs> Now, is that how much, how much of my deficiency is directly related to me not having listened to your other podcast? I'd say a good seventy to ninety percent of okay. it. Okay, sorry. So then I have a that's an easy fix then. Yeah, but you also have to implement the information. True. True. Knowing is only half the battle. I've I may have heard that phrase once or twice before. So I originated it. Did you? Yeah, in ten sixty six. You were. Uh, you're a writer for the G.I. Joe cartoon in the 80s? Is that where it comes from? As far as I know, yeah. Knowing is half the battle. Mm-hmm. What about knowing is only half the battle? No, it wasn't the quote, so... I don't think I don't think that's really something have, to claim. I, if I you're, have to if you're, if you're adding a word, I don't think that makes it original, yours. I don't have to sit around and stand for that. <laughs> this is insulting. <laughs> My apologies. All right. I think with that, we will wrap it up. Catch you guys later. Thanks, everybody. Peace. Peace out.